it wasn't. So we started going out further. We went out 20 miles in the ocean. If anybody's been out 20 miles in the ocean, you can't see anything. Every land is gone. All land is gone, and it's just you and the sea. It's kind of like that picture, just you and the sea and the storm clouds. Okay? Well, we're doing our adventure fishing, and sure enough, storm clouds become closer. We try to outrun. We go this direction. Okay, I see it coming this way. Well, all we need to do is this way. So we'll, we'll just go over here. And we ran over this way, and we did a little fishing. And oh, look, something's coming this way. So let's just go over this way. And we outran a storm. Now, anybody been on the ocean before when you see water spouts? Water spouts is an indication of tornadoes. It's just a tornado in the water, bringing water up. It becomes like a, a spout. It's not good news. It's really not good news. When you see water caps, or white caps, they call them, in the ocean, white caps show that the waves are larger and they must curl under. It's not good news, okay? And all of that starts to happen. We're looking around going, oh, what's that? My brother and I, we have never seen one of those before. Oh, it's just a little water spout. Just a little water spout. My wife, well, we still didn't understand. But anyway, we're out dodging water spouts and white caps until eventually... We can't see any land. Well, thank God they know how to read a compass, you know, because this is a long time ago. There's not all the equipment you have today. So maybe we should go in now. So we make an adventure to come back to shore the best we could, and here's what's happening. We're in the boat. We start to, my uncle starts to see that this is starting to become pretty crucial because things are switching, and we can't outrun it anymore. We're going to have to get back to land as quickly as possible, and you can barely see land as we get closer. There's the Key West coastline. We're like, okay, we can see it, but guess what's outrunning us? We're a little boat going as fast as we can in the ocean, and there's the storm starting to do this. And before we know it, there is no more land but storm, and we got to get back because there's no place else to go. And I don't know if you've ever been, anybody been surfboarding? Anybody ever been doing that before? Okay. You've got to balance that in the waves, right? You've got to be able to take that. If you don't, you're over, right? Well, this is where we're at now. Our boat is now a surfboard. Because waves can get large enough that it will capsize you. Just all you have to do is turn sideways. So we're, I'm realizing now that we're going this way, and we have to kind of plan this thing out so he's got to go round this way because we, if we go into the waves wrong, we're going to capsize. So if we do it right, the waves will take us back into land like a surfboard. Now, I don't know about you, but this is weird stuff for us. We, my brother's never, and I've never been on a boat doing these kinds of things before. We believe in surfboards. Yeah, I've seen that before, but not surfboats. To me, that's not a good thing. And and so as we're doing this, my, and he's keeping us to hold on, we've got life jackets on. Anybody know what a life jacket looks like? Today they have you put one on, right? And you get in the boat. It's the law of Ohio, is it not, to put one on? So you put it on. Most of the young people in here think, ah, why do I need to wear this? It's uncomfortable. It, makes, it doesn't make my suit look good. And so you find yourself putting all this stuff on. Believe me, when my brother and I put ours on, it made us feel a little better as we surfed in the boat. So we had ours on. No problem with that. This thing needs to be adjusted. Um, and there we are, surfing with the life jacket. Everything we could do. I mean, I remember looking, what other things can I grab if something were to happen? So everything that floated was in my hand. 
If I could find anything else around, it was mine. And my brother and I sat in a bench, on a bench, as we surfed. And I don't believe anybody's ever gone over waves before, but when it hits the other side, you think everything's going to fall apart. Fiberglass doesn't do very well in waves like that. So if we were surfing correctly, everything was cool. We just saw a wave and whoo. If we went sideways, we hit so hard, bam! Every time the front of that bow would come down so hard that we thought for sure that everything was going to bust apart. Now, isn't this like a stupid story? And so here I was, completely fear, full of fear. I don't think there had been anything anybody could have told me at that time that put me at ease. I thought we were going to die. I really did. And as we tried to get back into, and you have to understand something, there is a canal that you have to hit just right. And there's, there's a bridge over canals with these pillars that go down in to the ground to make the bridge steady. We have got to go through the pillars with waves bigger than our boat. And we're trying to surf it into, it's like a needle in a haystack. It's like a needle going through an eye or, or a thread going through the eye of a needle, okay? Here we were thinking, oh, and so, Thank God. See, this is, I'm, I'm a walking miracle. Can you, can you relate to that today? I'm a, I am on stage. I'm a walking miracle. That we did. We surfed waves in. And we're able to go in through these pillars, these pylons, whatever they call, to hold up this bridge. And we get the chance to go through it with these waves coming. At this, and we did. We made it back. Can you believe that? Here I am. Testimony of that. My stories of ocean waters are not really all, they're exciting to tell, but at the time I was so afraid. I'm going to tell you a story that's in God's word. Let me just prep you that these were fishermen in the boat. These were seasoned men of the sea. Let's read. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go to the other. He gave a commandment. You're going to the other side. So what they do, they get into the boat. And Jesus sends away the crowds. This is after the 5,000 people were fed. Okay? Plus children. Plus women. With bread and fish. He sends them away. Goes up to a mountain. Now, if you know anything about the Lake of Galilee. Anybody know anything about it? It's 700 feet below sea level. And there's mountain ranges around it. I think they're about, if I'm not mistaken, they're 4,000 feet and then 700 feet below sea level. I'm guessing Jesus, when he went to the mountain to pray, that he was able to see them on the boat. I believe he put himself in a position that he'd be able to see that. So he's up praying with his father, and the boat is starting to go off and sea. And I know there was no problem at that time. Jesus, I don't think, would, if he was going to teach them something, if there was already a storm, he could have taught them right there. No, he's going to send them out into a boat, into the sea, where he knows something's about to happen. See, Jesus was the very son of God. And so the disciples get into the boat. Let's go on. He was there alone, Jesus on the mountain, but the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. The word contrary means to oppose. And actually, there's a word close to it. It's a torture. So we have winds coming against them. I mean, not for them, not beside them, not getting them off course, but against them. So Jesus says, get in your boat, go this way. Jesus is praying on the mountain. He's able to see the disciples from a distance, and he sees that the waves are opposing. 
they have been working for how long? If anybody did the study of this, it is about nine hours. Anybody ever rode a boat before? Anybody ever gone on a trip where you rode? It is not very fun. I don't know how they did it, if it was just one man, two men, or whatever. If you're rowing for nine hours against wind, you are tired. Are you with me? That is a long day at work. And I'm sure they're all going, okay, Peter, it's your turn. Man, I am done. Peter gets in and, okay, boom, boy, these winds are bad. You're right. It's just cr-. Can you imagine all these disciples in a boat trying to get to the other side that Jesus tells them to do, and there's wind that's contrary? Is there anything contrary in your life? Is there any winds in your life that's holding you back? Contrary, it made them simple. Oh, so difficult. In the fourth watch of the night. Now, you have to know the fourth watch is about 3 a.m. They left the side after feeding sick of, what, 5,000 men plus women and children. It's probably about sunset, 6 o'clock maybe. 3 o'clock, Jesus shows up. And we know that's a long day. Eight or nine hours rowing. But the boat already a long distance from land. I think it was about three and a half, four miles. If you know about the lake, it's kind of a weird-shaped lake. It's about maybe they say anywhere from seven miles to eight miles wide, 16, 14 miles this way. So they're maybe about halfway. But if you look at the map, you're going to realize that when he sent them from the place that the 5,000 were fed to Capernaum, it's not across the lake. It's just a little jaunt this way. It's not very far at all. If it's only a mile, maybe it's two miles. They're already four miles. You know they're not on course. The fourth watch, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. Walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. Now, I don't know about you, if you look at the scriptures from other parts of the Bible where they talk about these, this is Luke, John, Luke, Mark, you'll find out in those gospels that Jesus was going to walk by. Isn't that a strange thing? Jesus is walking by, and his heart was going to walk by, and I believe there's a reason for that. It says it, and it only says in one gospel, that here's the men struggling. Jesus is walking on water, and it says his heart was going to walk by. Why? Him walking on sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost, and he, they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Correct? Let's go on. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Jesus said, come. Commands him to come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took him, took hold of him. You have little faith. Why did you ever doubt? Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat, what did they do? Worshipped him and said, you are certainly the very son of God. And I want you to know something. When that wind kicked up against them contrary, the wind never died. That means Peter, as Jesus bid him to come, The wind was not down. 
I don't know about you, but you take a fisherman that's been on that sea before because when it's 4,000 feet range mountains and you have a and you have a lake down on this level at I think 400 feet below sea level, they say that this lake particularly has these up and coming storms that come on so suddenly you rarely can prepare for it. So here's a lake that these storms can come just like this. Didn't they know that? I'm sure that these fishermen knew this by now. So at first I'm believing that they're still rowing and they're believing, hey, we have, we've gone before, we've done this before. But this time was different. Off track, not able to get their destination. Jesus shows up, not leaving them astray, and says, Peter, I bid you to come. And as he steps out on that water, can you imagine? What about you? Could you do that? Could you come out of the boat like this and step on water that was still wave and thrashing, wind opposing, and you step out onto that knowing that Jesus is going to do that for you? Would you? Did you have that kind of faith? Bid me to come. See, I think there's some, there, there's some real truth in the center of the story that when Jesus bids us to come, when he commands us to do something, that he is there to sustain us, to keep us, to help us through that first step, is it not? How many boats are here today and how many people are waiting for the time to step out and yet you know there's not a condition good and safe enough for me to step on? I need the first step. I need to make the first step. But what I see is something that I know as a fisherman that I'll never be able to do that. That is impossible. I would never do that. And yet Jesus says, come, I bid you to come. What's amazing about this story? Some things pop out at me. Something pops out at me. Jesus said, come. Did he not? Jesus commands us to come. He was going to walk by, and I have to believe, when Jesus was going to walk by, his heart says, I'm walking, so follow me. I'm walking. Can you see? Why are you in the boat? The boat is actually hindering you. It is holding you back. If you walk with me, we'll go to land. See, I believe he was walking past that boat, believing that, just get out and follow me. I've asked you before, come follow me. Did I not, when you're a fisherman, did I not tell you to lay down your nets and follow me? Did I not promise you I'd make you fisher of men? What has stopped you? Why be contained? Why allow that wind to be contrary to you? Why not just get out of the boat, step out, and follow me? I believe he felt that if he continued to walk forward, that he would all it would take is just the one to step out. And the rest would follow. Just follow me. Don't keep, don't put your eyes on this. But just get out of your boat and follow me. That, I believe, was his intent. Do you know me enough that you would do such a thing? If you see me on the water, knowing I can do this, surely you know that you can also. Do you love me? Are you willing to follow me? No matter what you think will happen. You know what holds us back? The Bible can call us a hardened heart. We talked about this last week. It's just a fear to step out on something and you know already by what you've understood through life, it's not safe. It's not safe. If each one would have gotten out, I believe Jesus would have walked to the other side. You know why I believe that? And I'll show you here. I believe that with all my heart that they may walk upon the water and know Jesus' power. Wouldn't that be awesome? That Jesus 
is all that they need. Not only that, I believe Jesus said come because he also wanted them to know their own weakness. He wanted them to understand where they were in their weakness. Why not reveal it? So as Peter realized, as he stepped out in bravery, there's still something that I'm weak at. And there were the winds that he looked upon and started to sink. Immediately, it says, the boat was in the land to which they were going. Do you know in John, when it talks about this very story, Jesus was, as soon as he got in the boat, the worship of everyone was there. Surely you're the son of God. It says at that split second, immediately, the boat was at land to which they were going. If it really was the fact that he wanted to be in the boat to teach, why would he take him to land like this? Why would Jesus take that moment and say, surely you're the son of God and take them from that point of worship to the land in a split second? Why would they not trust? Why won't you trust today? And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly the Son of God. I believe when the Son of God is revealed, true worship begins. I believe when the Son of God is revealed, true worship begins. And if you are here today, you will never be able to truly worship God. No matter how hard you force it, how hard you stand up, how hard you sing, if you do not know Jesus as the Son of God, and he has not revealed to you he is the Son of God, then you can never walk into true worship, spirit and in truth. Jesus waits for that. And isn't it nice that he's a patient God? He's a patient God. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is what? The Son of God. Man, Scripture is so good. If they would have understood that, why did it take Jesus grabbing Peter, who was sinking, put him back in the boat, and then when Jesus gets in the boat, then the waves die because the winds die. And they finally realize, man, this is truly the Son of God. Wouldn't it have been better if they would have just got out of the boat when Jesus was walking? Would they trust that they really did know he was the Son of God, if he is the Son of God? And then Peter gets out. Can you imagine the next person? Well, I'll get out too. Look what he's doing. Look what he's doing. Jesus was, I believe, that Jesus was going to walk by that boat because he thought, oh, man, if you just trust me out of the boat, we'll all walk to the shore together. Truly, you would know I am the Son of God. What holds you back? It's the very thing. See, those who believe he is the Son of God, only those can truly overcome. Only those can truly overcome. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Take courage.